Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot for Kids and Tarot No Questions Asked, Master Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 221 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is why representation matters in wellness practice. And my special guest is Crystal Banner. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much to, um, for having me. Well, I'm delighted that you're here. Uh, you are the creator of a deck called Absolute Affirmations, which we're going to be talking about in a little bit. But I just want to say for people who are listening, I did a live unboxing on my live stream, and we used this in one of the live streams, and people really loved it. They resonated with it. So I do want to make sure we have some time to talk about this deck because I think people are going to want this for their own tarot practices. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But speaking of tarot, you know, I'm a tarot reader. And for most of my career, the only decks that were available back in the day, and I've been reading a long time, were centered around white, cisgendered, heteronormative mm -hmm. folks. I mean, there was nothing. Even when you see ads for things like spas and stuff back then, everything was white, cisgendered. Yeah heteronormative folks. And mm -hmm. this has changed dramatically. This has changed dramatically, especially in the last couple of years. I think we still have a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, more tarot readers, we want inclusive decks. Uh, more black and brown readers are really starting to finally get the spotlight on them. So right. there is a lot that has changed since my time when I began. And I want to I get your thoughts on that. What are your thoughts about why is this finally happening? And you know, what do you just think about it in general? Yeah. Um, so I actually started out basically uh, creating art. It was more on the secular side. I was making greeting cards, but I noticed the same thing in stationery, um, lack of diversity, lack of representation. And um, after talking to people, I realized like it wasn't just people, you know, minorities or people of color who were like, what's, what's going on. And as an artist, when I was working as a full-time engineer at the time, I was traveling Europe in museums, same thing. I love art, so I'm going to all these art museums and it's like, where are the people who look like me? Um, this isn't represent, like representative at all. And I started to discover my own spirituality same thing, um, looking at tarot decks and I'm like, <laughs> I'm nowhere to be found. Uh, and just not in, not just in like people, but in like culture, like cultural references or just seeing things that felt familiar to me or felt like they uh, represented what I'm experiencing in life. And at the time I was going through a lot and I felt this calling to, um, illustrate my own deck and, um, that was healing for me, but it was also a way for me to address, the discrepancies and the disparities that I saw in the art. And um, when I started doing that, I started uh, getting feedback from people saying, oh my God, this is like, this is cool. This is something I haven't seen before. We need more of this. And this was coming from people from all backgrounds. And this just made me even more passionate about it because, you know, people of color are not the only people who benefit from diversity. Um, being centered all the time, I feel like it doesn't allow you to see outside of that view and having other people be featured. It makes it more interesting. It, it makes it so like, like you actually it's brought to your attention because some people were like, you know, I didn't even realize this until, you know, I started seeing you and other artists pointing things like this out, but it just goes to show how unchecked it is because it's just seen as normal. Like nothing's wrong. This is just the standard. And people are saying, you know, but why? Because if you look at the world and the diversity that we have in, you know, the world that we live in, that does not depict what I see when I go out and about in any city. So it's very strange that that is still yeah, kind of what what people are trying to see or say is normal, but we know if you just go out and walk around, it's, that's not realistic. So I think it's just starting to be embraced because people are really starting to question like what is normal and why? And this is for everything. Like, why is this right? <laughs> or why is this, you know, the way things should be? And is that legitimate? And I think once we start asking those questions, we start opening up the conversation and it can be uncomfortable at times, but I think it's progressive. And I think it's a conversation that needs to happen. And, um, it really went to a head, I would say 
last year in 2020 as you know a lot of things I, I feel like it was like the great awakening I, I joke and say it's like the the tale of two cities at the beginning like it was the best of times the worst like all these things are going on but a lot of like covers are being pulled back and we're starting to have these conversations and things are being brought into the light. So I think it's long overdue. Um, and I think more people now are starting to be open to it just because they're questioning so many things with so many unknowns in the world right now. But um, yeah, for me, it was just inherently something that I saw needed to happen just on a personal level, seeing things that represent me or reflect me and it coming from an, a place of authenticity because there's a lot of appropriation as well. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on where it's coming from, whether it's coming from a, you know, good intentions or not, it is what it is. And, you know, some people might say, oh, there's, there's no representation. Let's do it. Or this is really popular right now. Let's capitalize on it. It's still not coming from a place of authenticity. And people are starting to ask these questions, like who made this? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. what's their background? Like, um, are they personally related to this or is it for profit? So I think those, now that those conversations are, are being had, it, it's becoming more important to um, hear from those voices, those authentic voices who can speak from it, from experience and, um, really give those voices an opportunity because a lot of times it's not about talent. It's just about having the opportunity or having the, the visibility that, um, you know, people of color, specifically black people usually do not get. And it's long overdue. It really is. You know, it, and it's interesting. You said that, you know, the conversations have really started happening in the last year. You're right. Because I remember this is many years ago because I think I'm quite a bit older than you too. <laughs> But many years ago, I wrote to, I'm also a yoga teacher, and I wrote to Yoga Journal, and I said, why is everybody on the cover white, skinny, female, and doing these impossible yoga poses? My students don't look like that. I live in Milwaukee, and our city is very diverse, mm -hmm. and, you know, my students didn't look like that at all. And, um, you know, I certainly, even though I'm white, I certainly am not a contortionist either. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you're putting an impossible standard up right. here. And mm -hmm. I asked, you know, where are black and brown people? Where are larger sized people? Where are the men on the covers? Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially when I thought what was really troubling for me is India, you know, yoga was started in India. Why weren't there Indian people on the cover? Right. It didn't make sense to me. Right. Well, here's the thing. They never responded. Oh, wow. But now, yes, they never responded. It wow. never got addressed. Nobody ever answered it. Those conversations, again, were not happening. Okay. And it's interesting because like yoga teachers like Jessamyn Stanley, who's one of my heroes, all of a sudden, she's out there and she is this large, beautiful black woman. And they put her on the cover and it's like, finally, mm -hmm. finally. And she's been in ads. She's been outspoken. And she's such an amazing role model. And I also remember many years ago, my daughter actually reminded me of this. We were at a clothing store for teenage girls when she was a teenager. And we were looking around. She had a gift certificate. And all of the clothes were for like size two to six. Mm -hmm. And she said, do you remember you went on a rampage at the clerk? And I said, I don't remember that. She said, why are there no sizes for bigger girls? Because my daughter was a big girl. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was also another topic that back then nobody listened. Yep. So I just think it's really interesting that you said people started listening because you're right. Those are two incidents I can remember way back in the day where people were saying, where are where are the other people? Because this isn't what our worlds look like. And stores and brands and magazines were not listening. Do you think like with all the stuff that's been happening politically in the last year, do you think that's what's inspired people to really finally start opening their damn minds? I mean, what, what do you think has been happening? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a mix of, <clears throat> so I feel like I'm a natural empathetic person. Like I don't have to experience what you experience to realize like, you know what? I give that credibility. Unfortunately, some people do. And I think for some people, they've either experienced something or they've seen something that they can't ignore. It's very easy to ignore. Like, like I've been approached by a lot of companies within the last two years. And, you know, sometimes the question is asked about, you know, since last year, what have you done differently? I'm like, I've been doing the same thing. <laughs> like I've been speaking the same message. It's just now people are like, oh, this is a real thing. And so I think it's very easy to ignore or think like, Ooh, that's a, that's a touchy subject, but it's not when you're living it. It's just reality. So it's, it's not even meant to 
cause conflict or ruffle feathers. It's just a reality that needs to be addressed. And I think just last year, it became very hard to ignore, like between Mm -hmm. politics, between constant news cycles, between what was going on in people's everyday lives. I mean, even if you look at like what went, went on with COVID and people experiencing health disparities, I mean, that brought out another layer of, of, um, this dynamic and this conversation, but I think it was just so much stuff. How could you ignore, you can't ignore it. And I think before it was very easy to kind of slither on by or ignore or what I call like love and light it. Um, But now it's just like, it's too in your face Mm -hmm. to ignore. And if you do ignore it, we know you're ignoring it. Like, it's not just, oh, you know, it was just an oversight. We know. And I think now people are really paying attention. Do your words match your actions? Like it's easy to post a, you know, solid where we stand in solidarity, um, Instagram posts, it's a lot harder to look at, uh, the data and see if what you're actually posting is true. And so now you can't really shy away from that. And I think that's a big reason why these conversations are being had because it's, it's very hard to not, um, just based on with everything that's going on and people are holding people accountable. Um, and I, I think in the past it was easy for larger brands to, to shy away, but now I think the power dynamic has shifted to where people are saying, you know what, we have our money, we have our voices, and we're going to use that to demand conversations, demand change, demand acknowledgement. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of these topics are now being addressed directly. Whereas before, I mean, you can speak to your blue in the face, but that doesn't mean it's going to change anything or it's going to be addressed. Change often, unfortunately, takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of being in your face before it happens. And, you know, as somebody, you know, who is older, I know that really waking up and paying attention has required a lot of work on my part. And sometimes people do not want to have these uncomfortable conversations. And when you use the word accountable, people think right away that's a bad thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be humiliated. And listen, I've got friends. I've got friends who've held me accountable or pointed out some things and we've had some amazing conversations. Yes, they're uncomfortable. But when you talk about that, then what happens is we do develop empathy. We do start realizing, oh my God, I thought I was being cool, but maybe I'm not. Mm -hmm. And that is where change begins. It's those uncomfortable conversations and we can't be afraid to go there. Um, We can't be afraid to open those conversations up. And if somebody approaches you about these conversations, it might suck. You might hear something you don't like. But again, we can't make change happen if we don't do that. For so long, people did not want to talk about these things. They just, what, what do they call it? Spiritual bypass? You said yeah. love and light? Yeah. And it's yeah. very easy to do that. Oh, you know, just keep the tone, this or that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Nothing happens. If it doesn't don't. happen. And you can't fix anything until you address it. And even in, in with, with spirituality, and I think that's where I'm coming from is, you know, we can be positive and we can do all of these things, but even as somebody who's created a positive affirmation deck, I can't like positively change racism. Like that's not realistic. Like that's not going to fix it. So being realistic and saying, you know, spirituality is one of those ways, at least for me, where we address things that are uncomfortable. Healing is not fun. Healing isn't always, you know, comfortable, but it's the same thing with like, uh, being treated, um, uh, improperly or being discriminated against. I mean, if you look at the past, like that wasn't always taken laying down. You can't just say, Oh, it's fine. It's just the way, you know, it everything happens for a reason like no no so i think spirituality is a way we can use to address some things uncomfortably but at the same time look at it like okay there's a shadow side to everything i mean we all have kind of a a propensity to go on that side but if we don't address it how can we acknowledge it how can we fix it how can we change it and that was really the premise behind i did a deck on kickstarter last year it was called 2020 Visions Tarot, and it just came out of pure inspiration. Everything I was seeing happening, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like alignment with the major arcana, a lot of these themes. And people who don't understand tarot, they understood what happened in 2020. So like, for example, my hermit card being a mask, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody experienced quarantine. Everybody experienced some aspect of that. Nobody was exempt. Like literally, this is the time where I can confidently say nobody in the world was exempt to what happened last year with either being quarantined, not being able to see or experience something that they had planned, something. So everybody has experienced that feeling of being a hermit, uh, kind of having time to sit with yourself, whether you you like to or not, and and think. And, you know, some are enlightened, some are stressed out, some don't want to be. But all of these themes, I was like, wow, this is really a way for me to point out things and some other things like um, my um, justice card, instead of the Statue of Liberty having a tablet with the July 4th, Juneteenth, it was Juneteenth on the tablet. And then, you know, this year, Juneteenth being declared a holiday. So just all of these things that were very powerful to me, but they mimicked what was really going on. But to bring these topics and these um, conversations into light, to have those conversations, and even my hanged man was a an illustration of like uh, when you scroll on something and it says like it's blurred and it says sensitive content because as a black person hanged man, I mean, that has a whole nother, another meaning when you think of lynchings and things like that. So just to have this from a perspective of someone who is non-white is very, I think, powerful just to see how different images can be interpreted and different um, things play out and what that means when, you know, because card reading, whether it's affirmations, tarot, oracle, is all about you interpreting the art and receiving messages and how, how that varies by that person's upbringing or experiences or background. So I think that's just very, very powerful. And I, I use that in a lot of my work um, just to make people aware. And I think it's, I really want to make people laugh, make people uncomfortable in a good way. Like, you know, start, start asking questions. I want to make people, you know, think about things. I want people to light up when they see my work. Cause it's, you know, familiar, it looks cool. So all of these aspects I, I play around with, because I think it just allows us to have certain conversations um, that maybe we wouldn't have before, but all that's under spirituality. I, I think that's all a part of spirituality. Absolutely. And also, uh, the younger generation, too, has really been speaking up about this a lot, because the younger generation is very diverse. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have now the most diverse group of young people uh, in our country's history, and they are not sitting back. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are not sitting back at <laughs> right. all. And some of the best conversations that I've had about this topic have been with my children who are millennials or other young people who have really started Again, taking a stand, standing up, saying this is not good enough. And I think that that is really amazing. The younger generation gives me so much hope Mm -hmm. because I see them speaking up and doing that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I want to ask you too, and I think this is a really good question for people to think about. So how do wellness practices, whether we're talking about tarot or massage or yoga or astrology, how do they benefit with better representation? So. Speaking from my experience, I think it's one of those things where in any of these practices, it's about connection. So there's a level of relating there. You don't have to be from the same background, but there's a level of like, I am trying to, I'm understanding where you're coming from because that allows me to connect with you better. Therefore, I can offer you that much better service, whatever it is, but there's kind of a rapport that has to be there. And I think having someone who understands the importance of that and the benefit of that helps with that process. And I just think it allows, so with my brand of spirituality, I'm one of those people that reads up on everything. I feel like it just makes me a better spiritualist, uh, a better aware human, just to kind of be up on different um, spiritual modalities, backgrounds. I read a little bit of everything. But when I meet people, I realize how that benefits me because I can connect, even if it's just a general understanding or I've, I've read something like that before, I can see that person's reaction like, oh, you're familiar. Oh, it's, it's almost like this, this like trust kind of thing. Like, oh, you see me. And when somebody feels seen, you have a level of comfort, you have that rapport. And I just think it gives you a better opportunity to to connect on um, an authentic level. Whereas if somebody feels like if I go to a practitioner or, or somebody, and I feel like they've never even dealt with anybody who looks like me, they have no idea, they they don't know, like, or they try to 
connect with me in a very stereotypical way, I have a guard up because it's like, oh, uh-huh. this is this is kind of weird. So I think it's just kind of just some awareness. I, and you don't have to be, you know, go to every country to be worldly, in my opinion. I think you can just read up on things. You can talk to people from different backgrounds. All of these things, I think, um, make us better able to interact with one another and connect on that level. And I think any type of wellness practice is about connecting. If you don't have that connection, it's on a very superficial level. And how can you really heal? How can you really, you know, achieve that wellness if you stay on a superficial level? And, you know, one of the things too, the internet, now this uh, this is where I'm going to speak highly of the internet, which a lot of people are like, oh, the internet's terrible. But I'm like, listen, though, it has allowed us to connect. And for some people who are in maybe like a rural area where they can connect with people from different belief systems, different backgrounds, different races, the internet has opened people up so they can see, hey, there's another world out there. And I think that's really opened people's minds. And that is the internet, I think, has helped in that regard. I think it's huge. I think it's changed the game, to be honest, Um, because... So I'm of that millennial generation where I grew up with the internet and without the internet. Um, I just think it gives you, so I'm from a small town and you have a very small kind of view. But I remember when we started doing things on the internet, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of world out there. Mm -hmm. And it inspired me. And I actually went to Europe with my high school class and that kind of gave me this itch to travel and to just get to know other people from different backgrounds and there's there's so much to know and there's so much to learn and my my view of the world is not the only view and it's not correct and um in the sense of what i know is is right i'm like there's so many different views and i started traveling all these countries and meeting people with different religions and different backgrounds and seeing a bit of truth from my truth and in each one and i'm like wow this is this is pretty powerful. So I think the internet has made that even more accessible to people, you know, who are from small towns like me, or just people who are able to FaceTime somebody across mm-hmm. the world. Like that was not even an option of several years ago. So that in itself gives you this like, wow, you know what? I don't have to just take what somebody is telling me. I can find out for myself. Like we have, you know, somebody telling me this about, you know, people from this country or people from this background. Wait, I can connect with somebody on Twitter or Clubhouse or whatever, you know, social media site. And I can debunk that stereotype or that assumption right away. So I think that's very powerful. And I think that's given, what is it, Gen Z, just this very like... (laughs) no holds barred. I don't believe you. That's not true. And I'll show you why attitude. And, um, I think it's a powerful push. Whereas before there might've been some hesitancy or some pushback. We have people now that are like, no, we're not. And and we're going to move forward because we have all of these resources that we can pull from. And I have all these, um, these, uh, assets at my disposal, to research, to prove you wrong, to look up more information, to find out for myself. So the internet really puts power in, I would say, the the people's hands to do their own discovery, make their own decisions and decide like whether or not like something is legitimate. And I think a big part of that is what we see in, in wellness now and people like demanding changes because there's no reason not to, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where there's no reason why there should not be changes in 2021. And I think that's the voice that's coming out. Like, what would be the reason not to? That's why it's deliberate because you can, you're not. I think that's what people are seeing. And that's what people are saying. This has to change. One of the things the internet has also been helpful for are people who are disabled. That disabled wellness practitioners are also getting, finally, they're due, they're getting a chance to spotlight because we have so many misconceptions about disability that we assume automatically if somebody has a disability that maybe they can't do the work. And I mean, that is really shameful uh, when you think about that. And there, I've noticed that there are more disabled people that are also stepping up their game. They're getting in the spotlight and the internet has allowed many of them also to finally, again, get their due. And it is about time for us to look at disabled people, not as, well, they can't do it. They can do anything they want to. And that is an important, that I think is really important for representation. I actually had somebody um, on here a couple months ago, uh, Cosmically Ill Sarah, and we were talking about, you know, disability in tarot that, 
you know, finally, there are disabled tarot readers who are, again, they're getting, they're getting their chance to show that, hey, we could do tarot just as good as anybody. Yeah. That is so important. And I really appreciate the people like her who are putting a spotlight that, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, if you're, if you've got a chronic illness, that doesn't mean anything and we shouldn't be hidden. We shouldn't be hidden. And I think that's really an important message. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, all communities being seen because mm-hmm. you know, we're only shown what we're shown. So our only kind of understanding is based on that. And it's not true because I know growing up, when you think of disabled, you think of somebody who really has no sense of self. And I'm like, that's not true. That's, but that's what's been kind of illustrated in the media. So I love seeing all of these people like, no, it's not what you've been told and it's not what you've been shown. This is who I am. And this is what I'm capable of doing because I think the conversation was so much of what people are unable to do versus the opposite. And um, I think there's a benefit to all marginalized communities having an opportunity to say, the narrative is speaking for us when we need to speak for us. (laughs) And I think that's what we're seeing now. So what ways do you think, um, you know, like uh, for other wellness practitioners, whatever, whatever your business is, what are ways that you can ensure that your business doesn't cause harm to oppressed or marginalized folks? What do people need to keep in mind so they can be better allies in their work? I think one of the things is, and this is what I've seen happen where the intention is there, but, you know, they may, they may fall short. I think it's recognizing that, you know, I want to be a part of the, um, the change. I want to be part of making this better, but sometimes you would need to consult. Like you, you, we all have our own inherent biases, our own inherent understandings. And without like consulting people from that background, for example, someone asked me like, Oh, you know, would you ever do a deck like featuring like LGBTQT? And I'm like, yeah, but I wouldn't set out to do that's to me, that's like very force is very tokenizing, like, oh, this is a market that, you know, I mean, I, I was like, you know, right now my focus is Black people and making Black people see it, and Black people are part of that community as well. So for just for me to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put like a, a, a gay person in a deck, that's not authentic to me. That's just like, okay, let me capitalize off of this trend. Mm. So I think people like are like, oh, I want to do this because it's the right thing to do, but might not realize like it might be tokenizing if you're just doing it because you think it's the right thing to do. Um, and there's a level of like connecting with people who are of that community and talking mm. to them and seeing what what's there, collaborating with those people, bringing those people up because a lot of times those people don't have the resources, either. like we're all trying mm-hmm. to like make ways for ourselves. I mean, I speaking for myself and a lot of other people, I mean, it was really started off. I was funding myself. Mm-hmm. I was doing this myself because like, I don't see what I'm looking for, what w- would call to me. So I have to do this. So when we talk about other communities, those are people in other communities. So, I mean, co- like partnering up, giving yes. those people a voice, let them speak for themselves or the, let them be the contributors and cr- be credited. So I think a lot of the time it's including, and in, instead of just like including it, including the people who are a part of those communities mm-hmm. to not only feel seen, but like be credited and have an authentic voice because no matter how much I am an ally, I will never be able to speak about what, you know, gay and trans people experience because I I don't live that. So as authentic as I could try to be without consulting and including them, it could still come off as, you know, misguided because there's some nuance that I don't understand because I didn't speak or include those people. So I think that's a huge part of it. And what I've seen missing um, when I see it go awry is that lack of, I guess, true collaboration mm-hmm. or true, like, let me include and credit and um, properly allow this person to have their voice seen or feel seen. Um, so it doesn't come off as, 
you know, just uh, my understanding or it, which could be wrong. <laughs> um, so I think that's, that's a big part of it. And, and just empathizing with the fact that as much as we, you know, are supporting and, and want to be um, a part of the change, we we are we can't speak that in that voice completely. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you do have to have that support or that that feedback just to be able to because like I said, there's so many little nuances like that mm-hmm. if you're not of that community, you just you won't get. I, I um I compare it to like when I was working as an engineer and I was in um France and I was learning French and there were these little nuances. I, I didn't grow up French. So I would never understand those like somebody who is a native speaker. So to me, it's the same type of type of thing. But I mean, that's the, I think the biggest thing I can think of, of, of just being more um, aware and um, trying to avoid causing harm is consulting, including um, uh, collaborating. I think that's the most effective way and to get true feedback too. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing too, for people who are listening you know, um, this is such, such brilliant advice. You're probably going to mess up at some point. You're going to mess up. You're going to think you're doing something that's really inclusive and it's probably going to be misguided. And yes, your intentions may be beautiful and I can be guilty as charged too. You think you're doing the right things, but sometimes you're not being as sensitive or as thoughtful as you thought you were. Mm-hmm. And when you get feedback on that, it's okay to sit with that yeah. and then just course correct and yeah. keep working at it. Being inclusive, being welcoming. For some people, this is going to be a little bit rusty in the beginning. But guess what? When you keep practicing, when you keep opening your mind, when you keep doing the work, eventually you're going to see how beautiful it is and you're you're going to learn from your mistakes. So if you make a mistake, and you will, don't let that make you think like you got to now go back and not say anything. Keep keep asking, keep asking, keep listening. And that is going to help you to really show up and open up and make your business better for everybody. And there's one other question I want to ask you that I really want to make some talk about this deck too. Yeah. So what would be your advice for black, brown, LGBTQ plus uh, and disabled folks or, you know, anybody, um, who's entering the wellness industry as service providers, mm-hmm. what would be your advice so that they can do it in a way that feels really good and empowering? Um, my advice would be as tempting as it is to do something that is more mainstream, trust your, <clears throat> trust your gut, trust your talents, trust the uniqueness that you bring to the space. Um, I know at the beginning I was like, you know, this is so out of the norm. Like I'm including pop culture. I'm like referencing like hip hop songs and R and B. And, and this is very, I'm, I'm using very bright colors. I'm including some things that are in jest and I'm in, you know, it's, it's so <laughs> abnormal from what the norm is and what the visual is. And I'm like, I don't know about this, but then I'm like, you know, this is me. This is mm-hmm. what I bring to the table. This is my unique offering. Some people will love it. Some people won't get it. That's okay. Cause the people that will get it, um, they will be attracted to it. And those, you know, those are my people and just know that your service is not going to be for everybody. It's not designed. That's why there's so many of us in the world. So we can find our people that not one person can serve, you know, millions of people. So it's like, don't get distracted by other people doing the same thing because we all have our gift and we all have the people that will resonate with our gift and with our service. So stay true to to what your what your spirit and your heart is calling you to, no matter how you know tough it gets. Because in the beginning, it was hard for me to see. Like, I don't know if this thing is working out. It's not, you know, it's not really going how I thought it would go. But I just trusted in in the vision. I trusted in my skill set and my talent, and I started to see the changes happening. But it was just like trusting myself and not being tempted. I was tempted to change. Mm-hmm. to a more mainstream thing or what I thought would be successful um, just due to, I was like, maybe it'll be more re- well-received, but I knew that wasn't my heart. So it's just stick to what works for you. Trust in your own unique gifts and your own offerings. And even if you feel like it, it's out of the box, but that is why people will love you. And that is why people will say, you know what, this is unique. Like this is something that um, I resonate with and actually, or 
I've had people be like, you know what? I was always looking for something like this. I'm like, really? So like, you never know who's going to be like, this is it for me. Like what you're offering and you bringing this to the table is just what I was looking for. So that's probably the main advice. Cause it can be, it can be difficult and it's easy to doubt yourself. Um, but stick to the course and, and trust yourself. That is such amazing advice because I do, I love what you said about mainstream too. I think for a lot of folks, you know, they think they have to fit this mold that's been the mold for too long. No, break the damn mold. Yep. Break the damn Absolutely. mold. Be you. The only way, again, we're going to change things isn't if we go along with this quote-unquote standard that has been the quote-unquote standard for so long. Mm-hmm. We got to break the mold. And so I think your advice is really brilliant. And people should, should certainly not try to like go along with what has been. Now's the right. time to create what is yes absolutely and what is right now it is very it is a very very different beautiful multi-colored multi-everything world and so we certainly don't want to be vanilla when there are all these beautiful flavors I mean it's amazing like I just sometimes I just walk around and I look at nature and I'm like just think if it was only one tree and we saw the same tree all the time or like you see a butterfly just think it was only one butterfly I'm like if we were more open to the diversity of what we see in nature, and it's weird because if you look at nature and how diverse it is, like think of all the species of butterflies, species of trees, all of these things, and they bloom at different times. And you're like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. I see everything else in that, in that same framework. Mm. And that's why like having a lack of it to me is like, we're doing everybody a disservice Yes, (laughs) because we don't have this, this, beautiful cornucopia of different things because we're so focused on just keeping it one way, but I don't think that's how it's meant to be. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, we're transitioning now into going back to closer um, to what nature represents is this beautiful, diverse um, uh, imagery um, Mm -hmm. and offering of, of so many different things. That is so true. Now, speaking of offerings, you have this deck and like I said, this deck was a hit with my audience. I so for people who are listening, it's called Absolute Affirmations. And it is 44 positive affirmations cards. So on the front, we have, you know, a statement like, interestingly, authenticity. I say what I mean. But on the back then, there is a little thought. There's like something deeper about this. And the deck is playful. It's deep. I mean, I'm a magnet for loving kindness, a big picture of a magnet. Um, This is just a really, it's clever. It's fun. I also like, I I think I pulled, I am dope. And you know, people were loving, loving that (laughs) because what affirmations are we told to say that affirmations are always so like generic. Yes. And I mean, a lot of us don't talk like that. A lot of us talk very differently. I use a lot of slang. I mean, I live in slang and -hmm. some people find that incredibly offensive that I am a lover of all things slang. So when I see I am dope uh, and I mean, just these great little images, this makes me smile. This is, you know, something again that relates to so many people. I, I just love it. So tell me, what was the inspiration for this deck? How did you come up with these affirmations? I want to know all. <laughs> yes. So um, interestingly enough, the deck is basically Crystal's affirmations. I had made the decision to leave my uh, engineering career and pursue art entrepreneurship full time. And I realized I was like expecting the worst. I was like set mourning the loss of this career that really defined me. It was a good career. I made great money. I was traveling the world and um, it felt like my life was falling apart. And uh, I was just like, if I'm going to try this. And it was like one of those things, like watch what you ask for. Cause you might get it. Cause earlier in the year, I was like, you know, I'd love to do like this art thing full time. I feel like my heart's calling. I don't know how it's going to work out. And then six months later, um, my boss was like, you know, you can leave. We're having a reduction of force. You don't have to. But if you stay, you'd have to like move to the middle of nowhere. All of these things. I'm like, this is a sign. Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to pay attention to it. But this is a sign. And my mentor at the time uh, basically pulled me aside and he was like, you need to go. He was like, I believe in what you're doing. You need to go. 
And um, I spent a weekend mourning actually, because I'm like, what am I doing? What's going on? And then, um, and this is like the kind of full circle story. So when I made this decision, I went to Louise Hayes' website and uh, started writing down affirmations. And I was like, these affirmations are good, but I need to write my own. Um, I need to be my own cheerleader. I need to boost myself up. And um, as I started doing that, it was basically the creation of the deck. So each affirmation is something that I was feeling, something that I wrote down, something that I had to constantly tell myself to expect the best. I'm like, you know, like the unknown card with the roller coaster. I'm like, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. <laughs> and it feels like I'm just being flung all over the place. But I have to expect that amazing things are going to happen. Like instead of expecting like this to fail and me to like, you know, <laughs> lose my house and all these things. I was like, what if this goes really well? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, what if this yeah. goes really well? And so I just changed my thinking and at the creation of the deck. So I was having a conversation with my sister, who's a doctor of physical therapy. And we just started talking about how your mental state it ref- reflects with on your physical being and how she was just saying how, you know, people who expect themselves to heal statistically, they're the ones that do better in physical therapy because of that mental space. So I'm just like, oh, wow. So this is, this is pretty powerful stuff. And um, as I was going through it, like you can see kind of me and the affirmations, like you are a masterpiece, like I'm an art person. So, but it's a mirror. And so like looking at myself and just like, you know, this, this unique thing that I bring is like, it's there's, there's some value to it. Like I, I have to look at like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know it's coming from the heart and I know somebody may see value in it. Um, just the, I am dope. Like with on the days that I was feeling like, uh, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm the best at what I do. I'm amazing. Like I'm, so it's me just really subconsciously forcing myself to really think this way. And, um, once I started doing that, I started to get this confidence. Like I started to believe it. I'm like, oh, I am, I am really like, I'm really doing something that nobody else is doing. Like I, I believe in my talent. I, I'm, I can raise my own vibration. I don't, I don't have to like let people disturb my peace. And the peace card was actually inspired by, I was telling people I was in my job and it was like, good luck. Like it was usually not that positive. It was filled with doubt, but I was like, you know, I cannot let that affect me. I have to protect my peace and I have to trust in what I know and I believe and not everybody is going to see my vision. Not everybody's going to get it, but it's not meant for them. It's meant for me. Mm-hmm. And so that deck just was me boosting up crystal and allowing myself to um, have a positive mindset and I say this all the time when I talk to people, but like, it's so easy being positive when life is great. It's like, oh my God, life is amazing. It's those times where you're like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I am really sad. Those times it's not that easy. And, you know, people talk about positivity. I'm not a fan of toxic positivity because and it's not realistic. I mean, life is ups and downs like that roller coaster. It, it just is what it is. And that's what I love about tarot. I feel like it's an illustration of the human experience. But this deck is a tool that you can use. Mm-hmm. Where you can process, you know, the way you're feeling, but also you don't have to sit in it. And you can look at it in another way. And that's why I think it's so versatile. And I tell people how I use it. I usually like if if I'm giving a reading, I started to pull an affirmation deck as the last card. Because as we know, tarot, tarot readings aren't always, you know, uh, on the, yay, you're going to, you're going <laughs> like, to oh, be healthy and you're going to like, you know, sometimes it's like very like, oh, there's some things to heal or so sometimes it's, it's tough stuff. And yeah. uh, I noticed that it was processed a lot better when I'd end it with this affirmation because people didn't see it as like, Oh, this doom and gloom. People saw it as opportunity mm-hmm. and, and um, a way to grow. And like, okay, once I do this, like there's still something after that. It's not just, Oh God, this is horrible. It's like, no, let's look at it from this, this perspective and let's, see what we can do to get to, to the other side. So it's just, it was, it's, it was an amazing, um, 
thing to see that be the first deck that's published with Hay House being that I started out looking at Louise Hay affirmations and that would kind of inspire me to create my own. And then, so it just came like full circle. Well, I love everything about it. And I, I, I am a masterpiece is one of my favorite cards. <laughs> uh, also, the one that I love is I deserve quality time with myself. Yeah. That's, that's something I struggle with. Yeah. And this yeah. one, my peace yeah. is protected. <laughs> yeah. This one, I'm telling you right now, is the one that I have to remind myself of mm-hmm. all the time. And so I just think these are, I think they're really brilliant. And I love your idea of pulling one at the end of a tarot reading. I think mm-hmm. that's really great advice. Another thing that can be fun for people too, if you pull a card for the day, yep. a lot of people do that, especially when they're learning tarot, right. these affirmation cards with it, start your day off right with a positive note and with a little in a tarot guidance and you're all set. I mean, that is going to help you to navigate those ups and downs. So this little deck can be used in so many ways. Another thing that people might want to <clears throat> think of doing is pulling one of the cards, maybe you want to work with a certain thing for a while and have it maybe on your computer desk where you can look at it every day to absorb that affirmation. So these are actually quite versatile. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you could even carry one in your purse if you need to like remind yourself, oh yeah, yeah, let me, let me keep this one with me uh, right now while I'm going through something. I have some people that have said that's exactly what they do. And I really encourage people because some people don't think of using it that way. But I told people, if you're going through something, find a card that resonates with it, read it and process it. And then that way it's like, you can give some, it's almost like some people need to validate their feelings, right? So it gives them a chance to look at that and be like, okay, you know, this is something that I can get out of my system and process instead of bottling it up. So you can pick a card, you can find a card that, you know, you feel like might be resonating with with what you're going through. But I think it's just one of the the most versatile decks because not everybody understands tarot, not everybody gets Oracle, but pretty much everybody has kind of a sensibility of what affirmations are. So I think it's cool in that sense is you don't have to be into like, you know, divination to benefit from it. But even if you are, you can still use it in conjunction with your Oracle decks, with your tarot decks. So it's, it's really cool in that aspect. Absolutely. And I would also say for parents. This would be a wonderful deck to have with your children, to have your children pull one of those cards and be able to say, I am a masterpiece. Uh, I mean, you're helping your children with their self-esteem too. So it could be an amazing tool for parents or educators or guardians or therapists to work with kids. Again, there's a lot of different ways you can work with this little deck. So thank you so much for creating it. Um, I think it's quite wonderful and versatile and it's it's cool it's all of the above so i am such a fan thank you thank thank you you. i have to say that's actually one of the most heartwarming ways that people use it i have people who have tagged me and friends who use it with their kids and they get their kids to pick card and read it and that's the coolest thing to me and i have had therapists say yep. that they use them it's just it's just so cool how it could be so versatile and used and just not connecting because I create my products really for self-discovery and that's why they truly come from the heart. It's me (laughs) going through something, working through it and seeing how other people connect with it, but seeing people connect with their families, their clients and all of those things is, is even cooler. You know, what'd be a great idea for people this holiday season, get the deck. And at the end of your holiday feast, everybody pick a card. Yes. Or at New Year's Eve, yeah. pick a card, and that yeah. can be your card, your affirmation going yeah. into the year. Going to New Year, that is a great suggestion. So many ideas. Yeah. I mean, again, it's versatile. So, yeah. if you're listing people, um, those are some re- great ideas on how you can work with it. So, Crystal, where can people get the deck, and where can they learn more about you? So, people can purchase the deck on hayhouse.com they can also purchase from barnes and noble if you're in the united states there's also different links on um my website crystalbanner.com that have you know all the purchasing information uh where you can get it from also amazon but you know i know a lot of people like to support local bookshops so wherever you like to buy buy your books you can purchase from there also if you like more information about me, uh, you can go to my website, which is crystalbanner.com. Um, also, my website, um, my company where I have a lot of my other decks is kaleidadope.com, which is K A L E I D A D O P E 
dot com. And uh, my Instagram is at crystal, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L dot banner, B as in boy, A-N-N-E-R. So all things me, all things, what I'm, what I have going on, my products, you can find via those, um, those sites. Well, I think the name uh, Kaleidodope is about as clever as a gift. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and some so people cool. don't realize like there's so much meaning behind it. So Kaleidodope, it starts with the K and, you know, my name starts with the K. So growing up, it was always crystal with a K because mm-hmm. normally people spell it with a C. But K is also the 11th letter of the alphabet. And my birthday is on March 11th. On and- June 11th. Oh, okay. Yes. The 11th connection and Kaleidodope <laughs> is actually 11 letters. So, you know, a little bit of numerology and personal meaning and um, just like the the word kaleidoscope, it represents like colors and a scope of, of colors. And um, my work is very colorful and, uh, you know, the dope element. It's, it's cool. Like a lot of people were like, oh my God, this is so dope. And so I'm like, let me combine all of these aspects. And I feel like it truly reflects me and what I do. So, well, I think that is the most clever name. I love it. Thank you. And I also want to remind people too, and you mentioned the local bookstores, you have to sometimes call your local bookstores and metaphysical shops and ask yes, them to carry decks. So reach Very out, true. let them know that, hey, I want absolute affirmations in the store. This is a great deck. And that way you're helping out the bookstores and the metaphysical shops and also the artists and authors who create these amazing things. So thank you again, Crystal, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, people. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And I know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be going out and ordering your absolute affirmations deck as soon as you're done listening to this. And I want to remind you that you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. Yeah, I've got my free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, blog posts, forecasts. There's a lot of things for you to scope out, so get over there and enjoy it. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you are digging the podcast, do me a solid. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review, because that helps more people discover their way to Tarot Bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.